Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. This morning, I want to talk about something that I think is really important. Um, This year as a church, as you know, we've been looking at this idea of being faithful or being full of faith. And I think there's something really important um, when it comes to our faith that we need to understand and we need to live out the reality of. And what I think that is, is around God's presence. Actually, how we understand and see God's presence, how we live that out as a reality, has a massive impact on the way that we live a life of faith and whether we live full of faith or not. And so I want to share um, some of my journey of how I've grown and understood God's presence in different ways. See, um, when, when I was a kid, uh, I'd go on youth camps a lot and I'd go to a place called the Tops Conference Centre in Stanwell Tops. And uh, when I was an adult, I got to work there running the camps. And so you would see all of these amazing things that, would, that God would do at these camps and you'd see him impacting lives. Um, and the, the, the benefit of that is, you know, being in a, a, a community of uh, people and seeing God work in really powerful ways that was really encouraging. The downside of that is that in, in my immaturity, God's presence was limited to those camps which would be you know, four or five days out of the year or a couple of days of the year. And so what happens is you go to these environments, right? You have an awesome time and you really feel God's presence and you see him move in different ways. And then you go home and you're like, where's God gone? Why is he quiet compared to when I was at that camp? And I, I think that's what can happen sometimes depending on how we understand God's presence, right? Maybe when, we, when we're in worship or we come to vision nights or we come to 12 hours of prayer and we really feel God moving in really powerful ways and then the rest of the week we kind of go, God, you know, where, where are you? What are you up to? And I, I remember um, a few years ago uh, when I was... Uh, Actually, in Bible college, I, I got the opportunity to actually go to Israel and to be able to see some of those landscapes. And it, I really loved it. It was such a great experience. It really brought the Bible to life in a brand new way, being able to see some of those places. And when you're there, there's, there's definitely a sense of, of significance. Of You can feel the presence and the power of God. But how we understand God's presence has a real big impact, I think, on the way that we live our life and the way that we live with faith. So for me personally, I am, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that you might be shocked by, right? Uh, towards the end of last year, as a lot of you would know, like I had issues with my health and there was a lot of stress going on at work and I was struggling with relationships with my family. 
Um, and there was a moment where I was really feeling quite lost. I was feeling quite alone, and I was really struggling with God's presence in my life because of being overwhelmed by these situations and these circumstances, and I got into quite a little bit of a negative feedback loop. I don't know if you've ever been there. Maybe you're there now, maybe you've been there before, where you get in this kind of negative feedback loop. I use that. There we go. Um, So I got into this kind of negative feedback loop, and every time... I would go to a family dinner, I would be dreading it, right? And I would be going, oh, I don't want to spend time with these people. The way they treat me, the way that they treat my family is not right. I do not want to spend time with them. Or I'd go to work and I'd feel stressed and I'd, you know, be frustrated with some of my colleagues and the way they would do things or the way that they would treat me. And I was, you know, struggling with my health and... All these things were going on and I was just really finding it hard to sense God's presence in the midst of it. See, I I think we can all experience that in our lives at different times. There, There may be a sense where in the way that we understand it, we feel like God's presence is more powerful in a certain moment or in a certain place. Um, but the reality is, is that God's presence and the access that we have to it is a lot different to what they had in the Old Testament. And so I want to compare their way of engaging with God's presence and what we have today, because I think it's an encouragement to the way that we live our life and the way that we live out our faith. And so, um... Before I dive into that, right, it it can seem that God is easier to see at church or in our life groups, right, when we're we're with other Christians. And that's because other people are filled with God's presence as well, right, and we're all together. Whereas when we go to work, when we engage with family or relationships that we have challenges with, um, for example, my family, they're not Christian. A lot of my colleagues at work aren't Christian. So, of course, by nature, it's, it's going to seem a lot harder to feel God's presence in those places because the people there are not filled with God's presence. So, I want to look at three points around God's presence today that I think is really going to be helpful in the way that we live that out. The first one is to see God's presence as a privilege. To see it as a privilege The second one is to live out the power of God's presence. And the third one is to rest in the peace of God's presence. And I think if we can do that, if we can understand those things, grasp the reality of it, and not just know it, but embody it and live it out, then I think that the way that we see God at work in our life and the lives around us and the way that we see faith in action can really change. And so I want to just take us through the Old Testament and the New Testament, the experience that they had with God. So just for a bit of context, we're going to look at the book of Exodus, um, which is written to the people of Israel. 
And in Exodus 40, we see the completion of the construction of the tabernacle, which was a portable sanctuary for worship. It housed the presence of God for the people of Israel. See, Moses uh, followed God's detailed instructions to build this sacred space. And then a cloud descends upon the tabernacle, which represents the physical presence of God, indicating his approval and his dwelling among his people. However, this was confined to a specific structure and people approached God through external rituals and sacrifices. And so here's what we're going to read from Exodus 40. Then he put up the curtain, that's Moses, at the entrance to the tabernacle. He set the altar of the burnt offering near the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered on it burnt offerings and grain offerings as the Lord commanded him. He placed the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing, and Moses and Aaron and his sons used it to wash their hands and feet. They washed whenever they entered the tent of meeting or approached the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and altar and put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard, and so Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled, with the, ta- filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. See, that's the way that they engaged with God and his presence in the Old Testament. The tabernacle, though a sacred and holy place, demonstrated a separation between God's glory and the people. And the relationship was through external means. Now, I want to fast forward to the New Testament where Paul declares this truth that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and the sacrifice of Christ removes the need for external rituals and God's presence now resides with each believer. And in Ephesians 2, Paul discusses the transformation that occurs through faith in Christ. He describes how before coming to faith, people were spiritually dead in their sins but have now been made alive in Christ by God's grace. This is what he says in the end of Ephesians. He says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Sorry, there's one part missing from there. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. See, this final verse talks about the ongoing process of growth and unity between the believers. They're not a static structure, but a dynamic living temple where God's spirit resides. And the difference between the Old Testament place where God's presence resided is that this tabernacle, right? It was a tent. 
It, had, it was mo- made of multiple things, but there were multiple animal skins that were used in the construction of that. So you think about it, right? A, a, a temple made of skin where it was through external means that they encountered the presence of God. And you compare that with the New Testament and what it says here, that God's presence dwells within us. Now, it says that we're a temple housing God's spirit, his presence, right? And what kind of a temple are we? We're a temple made of skin, right? A skin temple, just like the old one, but with a very different relationship to the presence of God. Rather than coming through external means, because of Jesus, because of what he's done, we now host the presence of God and the glory of God and the power of God. So I wanted to compare these two because I think if we understand this, it has a dramatic effect on the way that we live our life. We transition from this idea of, you know, where is God's presence to understanding that God's presence is at work within us at all times. And that as believers, we become living temples of God's glory. And that's a radical shift from separation to intimacy. And so the first thing I want us to understand is I want us to see God's presence as a privilege. That's the first thing. We need to see it as a privilege that we have. See, if we compare it with the relationship of the Israelites, it says even Moses, right, their leader, Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's how awe-inspiring and powerful God's presence was, right? And yet, in this verse, at the end, right, where it talks about this idea that in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. What a privilege that is to be able to host the glory and the presence and the power of God as we go through our day. Now, I think what can happen with privileges sometimes is if, if you look at uh, the way that some people live their life out in the world, if you've grown up with something, right? If, if you've grown up with um, always going on holidays, for example, and you don't realise that for everyone in the world, not everyone does that. And so you lose sight that it's actually a privilege. Or, you know, you driving a beat-up Toyota versus someone that, you know, has a trust fund and a, and a brand-new Porsche. And they just go, oh, yeah, you know, my dad just gets me a new car every year. I just upgrade when the new model comes out. And you can lose sight of that as a privilege. And that's what happens with privileges, unfortunately, is that sometimes we can lose sight of that and lose sight of the significance and the importance of that. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes, even in my life, I can lose sight of that, of what a privilege it is to host the presence and the power and the glory of God each and every day. 
See, without God's presence, what can happen, without seeing it as a privilege, is we can rush through our days without acknowledging God's presence and guidance. We can take it for granted. And we can lose sight of the way that we're called to live. But when we see it as a privilege, when we recognize that each and every day, we're going to be more open and aware of who God is and what he's wanting to do each and every day. So that's the first thing, to see God's presence as a privilege. The second one is to live out the power of God's presence. See, this is what it said about God's presence and power in Exodus 40. It talks about the cloud um, and whatever the cloud would do, they would follow it. And if the cloud didn't move, they didn't move. And see, that's, that's, that's what can happen when we lose sight of God's presence, when we when we don't see it as a privilege, when we don't have it as an active part of our life each and every day. And I'll, I'll give you an example of this. So going back to like my negative thinking, how I was talking about, you know, how I'd approach work and I'd go in with pressure and frustrations. Every time I would see my family, I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend time with these people. And I got into this victim loop of... Oh, woe is me, right? Of, I, I don't want to spend time with these people, or these people are so frustrating. And it's always about them. You know, they're the problem, not me. But then I, I started to have a bit of a mind shift. And actually, when you live out the power of God's presence, you go... Whatever situation I'm going into, I carry the presence and the power and the glory of God. So when I go into my workplace, I'm stepping in with God's power, with his authority, with his glory, right? In my relationships, in my family. And you know the advantage of that is that you have that and other people don't. So when other people step into their day of stress at work or when they go into their relationships and break down of relationships and miscommunication and pain and misunderstanding, right? They don't carry that. And so it can be hard to deal with that sometimes. Sometimes you go like, oh, well, how come I always have to be the bigger person, right? Why can't they grow up for a change? I don't know if you feel that. I feel that sometimes. I'm like, come on, man. Sometimes these people are double my age. I'm like, just be the adult. Stop acting like a child, right? But when you live with the power of God's presence, you go, wherever I go, I can step in confidently knowing that the glory and the presence of God is with me and within me. So when you live out the power of the of that presence. This is this is what Paul writes to the church in Corinthian, right? And the the believers in Corinth are living as their own rather than realizing they house the glory and presence of God. This is what Paul says to them. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? 
See, they, they, were, they were getting caught up in the wrong ways of thinking, in the wrong way of doing things. They were in a bit of a victim loop. Rather than going, I can step into this, going with the power and the glory and the authority of the presence of God into that situation. See, without God's presence, we can make decisions based solely on personal desires without seeking God's guidance. We can also get stuck in a bit of a victim loop mentality, right? Where it's, you know, all, all about us. Rather than going, you know what? God, I, I, on my own, I can't do this. On my own, I'm not sure if I want to do this. But with you, with your power, with your presence, with your authority, I can go in confident knowing that you're with me. We can practice prayerful decision-making. We can walk in knowing that we carry God's presence, that we carry his glory, his wisdom, and we can align our choices with biblical principles and acknowledge ownership of our life because God's presence is within us. So that's the second thing, is about living out the power of God's presence. The third one is about resting in the peace of God's presence. See, going back to how they engaged with God in the Old Testament, right? They, they knew God's presence was there. They followed his guidance. But we see the people of Israel... Time and time again in the desert, they lose the plot. That's what happens. They, they get lost and they have all this anxiety that comes up when, when they face challenge after challenge and they're not able to rest in God's presence. They're, they're not able to just sit there and, and be peaceful in his presence. This is, this is what it says in Hebrews. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. See, we have the privilege of being able to come and know that the presence of God is at work within us when we believe, when we put our faith in him. And so with that comes the ability to approach him with confidence. And to rest in the peace that only he can provide. And some of the ways that we can do that is obviously in the way that we worship him. In the way that we pray. In the way that we rest. In the way that we read his word. See, without, without resting in the peace of God's presence, not only do we miss out on that opportunity... But we go through life a lot more anxious, a lot more focused on ourselves. And we get overwhelmed by situations that are outside of our control. And so something that I try to do um, 
especially on some days where I feel really time poor. Does anyone feel time poor some days, depending on what's going on? So this is, this is a way that even on the time poor days, I try to be deliberate with. So in the morning, I'll spend some time in the Word. I'll, you know, go through our version plan or whatever I'm reading that day. And I'll, I'll sit and I'll reflect and I'll allow God to speak to me. Then the second half of that day, because I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I, I start the day with the best intentions and then by about 11, 11.30, sometimes the day's just been thrown out the window. What you expected was going to happen is not what happened. And so what I do is uh, around whenever I get a lunch break, I go and grab a coffee and I just take a few minutes and I just pray through the Lord's Prayer as a way of stopping and resetting and going, you know what, whatever's happened this morning, it doesn't matter. Whatever's going to happen this afternoon, I'm, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to reset and align myself with God and rest in his presence. And then at the end of the day, I take a few minutes just to reflect on the day and go, God, where did I see your presence at work today? Where did I notice you working within me? Where did I see you working in other people? And why I do that is because when you stop and you're intentional to try and see God's presence, then the more you do that, the more you're going to see his presence at work. And so that's something I try to do really intentionally. I don't always do it every day. I don't always do it the best, but I try to do that as much as I can to try and be intentional, and that's something that really helps me rest in the peace of God's presence. So whatever it is, setting aside intentional moments for prayer, for reflection, for reading the word, for praying, um, to just spend time in the joy and peace that come from being in God's presence. So as we journey from the tabernacle, the Old Testament temple, to us as the living temple, Let's celebrate the privilege of being carriers of God's power and glory and peace. And may our lives reflect the reality that God's dwelling place is not confined to external structures, but is alive in every single believer. So I'm going to reflect on these three things. And I'm going to invite the band up. I want us to reflect on these three things, around seeing God's presence as a privilege. And maybe for you, maybe, maybe you've, you've got a, a, a bit complacent. Maybe you've lost the reality of what a privilege it is to have the presence of God within you. Now, if that's you, I want to say that's okay, right? As I shared, even with me when I was going through a lot of hard circumstances, I lost sight of that. And so today is an opportunity to recognize the privilege that that is, to thank God that his presence lives within you. Maybe it's around living out the power of God's presence. Maybe you reflect on your own life recently 
And when you go into encounters with family or friends or hard relationships or you go into work, maybe you've been stuck in a little bit of a negative loop like me. And you need to really go into those going, you know what? When I go into this workplace, the glory and the presence and the power of God goes with me. When I go into these relationships, when I go into these conversations, that power and presence is with me. Or maybe, maybe you go, you know what? I haven't felt very peaceful at the moment. I haven't been resting in God's peace and in the peace that comes from his presence. And so maybe that's something that you need to do. You need to go, God, in whatever way, however I can structure it into my day, how can I be intentional to just rest in your presence, to invite your peace and your joy to be at work in my life? So take a moment. Think about those three things for you. God's maybe bringing something up already. And whatever it is, I want you to ask God to help you with that thing. So God, we, we thank you for the privilege that we have your presence at work within us. Thank you that we don't have to rely on rituals, that your presence is not contained to one location, that we carry that wherever we go. So God, help us to be more aware of your presence. Help us to step out in confidence knowing that that power and that authority goes with us into our workplaces, into our families, into our relationships. And God, would you help us to rest in the peace that comes from being in your presence? That when we spend time with you, all the troubles all the anxiety, all the circumstances fall away and we're focused and we've got our eyes fixed on you. So we pray for every single person that you would help us to live that out. Amen. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to spend some time in worship, but I really want to encourage us, right? I want to encourage us as we worship to see that as a privilege, to rest in God's peace, to go with his power, but to not just leave it 
at worship, but to carry that into our week. Because I really think that what the world needs is more and more people that live out the presence of God, to live out of that place, to see it as a privilege. Imagine if we truly grasped the reality that we are a living temple of the Holy Spirit, that we would be a community of believers that would radiate God's glory, not only within the walls of church, but in every single aspect of our life. Imagine the impact on relationships. Imagine workplaces that would be transformed. Imagine society at large. Imagine our nation, the rest of the world. This is what the world needs. The world needs to experience the presence of God. And you know what? We're we're plan A. I'm sorry to tell you, God doesn't have a plan B for the world. We are His plan. We are His church to go and carry and demonstrate that presence into the world. So let's worship. Let's, Let's declare who He is. Let's thank Him for the privilege that we house His presence. And let's rest in His peace together. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.